for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, 24 years after Sharks general manager Doug Wilson became eligible for election into the Hockey Hall of Fame, one of the most prolific offensive defensemen of his generation finally got the call last week. Hi, is this Doug? Yes, it is. Well, Doug, this is a phone call long overdue. This is Lanny McDonald from the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I just want to phone and say congratulations to one of the newest members of the 2020 class to the Hockey Hall of Fame. With help from longtime Sharks color analyst Drew Rabenda, we discuss Wilson's decorated 16-year NHL career, where he ranks among the all-time greats, and what took so damn long for the Hall to give him a call. It's Wednesday, July 1st. Well, Drew, thanks so much for making time today to help us get to know Doug Wilson, the player, versus the version that a lot of fans today in the Bay Area know him as, Doug Wilson, obviously the general manager of the Sharks. So you and Doug both arrived in San Jose at the same time. You as an assistant coach for the Sharks expansion team back in 1991, and Doug is a player acquired from the Blackhawks just before that inaugural season. So would love just to flash back to that time, Drew, first memories you have of Doug Wilson arriving in San Jose. The first time I met him was during our training camp because we got the trade for him. He was in Chicago. You know, he was a Chicago Blackhawk. And Mike Keenan, the head coach, rolled in there. And as Mike Keenan does when he takes over teams, he pretty much just banishes the veterans. He just takes over and he, he gets rid of certain guys because he wants to put his mark on the team. He had his chance to go to Pittsburgh who were going to win the Stanley Cup that year. And they had Mario and Yager and Ronnie Francis, and they were just a fantastic team. And he had a chance to go to New York Rangers, who were going to win the Stanley Cup two years from that. when Messier was there and Kevin Lowe and McTavish, and they took over, and they were going to bring back the greatness to the Blue Shirts. So Doug had his chance. He picked the San Jose Sharks, the expansion team. His brother, Murray Wilson, told me this. Doug wanted to give back to the game. He wanted to help grow the game. He wanted to do something in a non-traditional market and try to make it special. And he did just that. My first recollection you know, was coming over to meet him and they're saying, hi, Doug, my name's Drew Amenda. I'm an assistant coach. I do all the video. Nice to meet you. And then like three, four minutes, it's like we'd known each other all our lives. I walked away and I look at George Kingston, our head coach, and went, okay, I love him. <laughs> George started laughing. and said, yeah, absolutely. Because this guy's going to be great. On a team that was Pretty much novice coaches. George Kingston never been a head coach in the NHL. I had come from university hockey and Hockey Canada. And Bob Murdoch was a head coach in the NHL and then was our associate coach. But pretty much we didn't know what we were doing. And, you know, we lost 100 games quicker than anybody in the history of the National Hockey League. When you go through times like that, it's really hard because you guys are professionals and you want to win. And you know that this is my first shot in the NHL and you're going through all this. If it wasn't for Doug Wilson and his leadership, I don't know where we would have gone. But he always used to do things refining. Like we had so many things, Kate, happen that year off the ice. Our first game was in Vancouver. And when we arrived in Vancouver, one of our players, Link Gates, was met at the airport and taken into custody. For- <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Doug went, oh, chapter one. <laughs> the whole rest of the year, whatever, something like, again, we arrived in someplace and the stairs to our plane didn't work. So they brought the luggage tram brought it up as vertical as it could go, and we all kind of oh made our goodness. way down there. Doug would look over and go, huh, chapter 14. <laughs> like that. He, was, he just kept it light and kept it funny, and he was a guy that was an elite player on a bad team, still got a ton of points, 
even though his back was failing him, he was our leader through and through. He was a guy that without him, I'm not sure where we would have been those first couple of years. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, if you could even quantify what he meant having a player of his stature and status in those first few years for the expansion franchise. This is Doug Wilson that people may not know about. Him. So I gave him a call after when, when I heard about him getting into the Hall of Fame. Of course, I leave a message for him, right? Because, oh, he's very busy. Calls me back the next day. We have a nice little talk and I'm, I'm over the moon for him. I'm truly excited. He's a friend. He's a guy that I worked for. And I said, you know, this must feel great. It's after 20 years, you deserve it. And he said... Well, I'm really happy for Kathy, his wife, because she's been the rock through all of this. She is the heartbeat of our family. You know, when we first moved to San Jose, our kids were seven, five, three, and one. I had it easy. I just go play hockey. And what she has done, she's been the foundation rock of our family. And I thought it was important, you know, that Lanny be able to share it with both of us at the same time. I'd like to put her on the phone. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. What's her first name? My much better half, Kathy. Mr. McConnell, it's Lanny. Hi, Lanny. Well, how the heck are you? Uh, what's it going to be like tonight hanging out with a Hall of Famer? What? Yes, absolutely. Long overdue. I'm just making the call on behalf of uh, John Davidson, our chairman of the selection committee, and myself, chairman of the Hockey Hall of Fame. And Doug is one of the newest members of the class of 2020 to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, Annie, thank you. (laughs) Annie, she is the heartbeat of our our family. To me, family and health are the most important things in life. I think of anything going through what everybody in in our community is going through, you cherish those things. And uh, to me, it was just an opportunity. Uh, The call came out of left field, and I just so happened and walking in to pick up one of my uh, granddaughters and my wife was sitting right there and it was just an automatic. She deserves to share a huge part of this, uh, this moment. That's typical Doug to deflect. And then I said to him, well, listen, I remember when I first met you and, and the stuff that you've done for this organization and I got the chance to work for you. You've been a big backer of mine. I just want to say thank you very much for that. And you deserve this. And then he went on to thank me for all the stuff that I'd done for the organization. And then thank a few other people. While I went, Doug, this is about you. Again. No, you never get here by yourself. That's Doug Wilson. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. Now, the reality is, Drew, playing-wise, he's a Hall of Famer because of largely what he did before he got to San Jose, right? Six overall pick of the Blackhawks in 1977, seven-time All-Star in Chicago. He won the Norris Trophy, given to the NHL's best defenseman in 82. So what was the young Doug Wilson like? Well, the year that he won the Norris, he scored 39 goals that year in an era where you had so many elite-level defensemen. Doug was what you would look at now and you would describe him as an offensive defenseman. I mean, he he played over a thousand games and as a defenseman had over 800 points, which is phenomenal. And his playoff record, his his numbers are, he's got like 80 points in about 90 games in the playoffs. He was a guy who could really skate, had a great shot. One of the guys he was known as as having a very good shot from the point. He would be a guy getting paid $10 million a year now because that's the defenseman we're looking for. Looking for guys who can get back to the puck, can move the puck, who will join the rush. There were some times when he was playing that you had four forwards out there. That's the way he was. The one thing about Doug when he played, he was such a smart player. He was a guy who understood go where the puck is going to be, not where it is. He was a guy that was a leader. He was a guy who is always upbeat, always positive. Great skater, really good shot, really smart. And played defense well. I mean, he wasn't a physical guy at all because he wasn't very big, but 
he was a guy that didn't need to be physical because he was so smart and his, his anticipation was great. Is there any specific game or sequence from a game that comes to mind when you hear his name that was just quintessential Doug Wilson? There wasn't one game that pops out for me of his career as the San Jose Sharks, but I remember the series when he was with Chicago playing against the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Oilers were at that time the dynasty Edmonton Oilers. And those, that series between Chicago and Edmonton was phenomenal. Doug was pretty special on the way. I think that series, he had like 13 points in 12 games. They lost out to the Edmonton Oilers, but I remember Doug being just all over the place and so in tune. When I look at Doug, the specifics of his game just matched that time, that, that era in the National Hockey League. The Oilers were starting to be this dynasty team, so everybody tried to keep up, and Doug was one of those guys on, on Chicago that was matching the Edmonton Oilers step for step. So when you talked about great players back then, Doug Wilson was in that conversation, especially when you're talking about defensemen. So you've mentioned, you know, that was such a great time for defensemen. Where in your mind does Doug rank among the all-time greats? Well, that's a good question. When I look at defensemen of that era, he's definitely top 10. Bobby Orr is always held up as the defenseman. Not for me. Well, I look at defensemen as, as we've gotten older. I think it's really hard to compare generations because of the way the game is played now and the athletes now versus then. But we always do it, right? Sports people, that's what we do. When I look at Doug in that time, you're looking at Doug as being top 10 defensemen in the 80s. And there were some great ones back then. And Bobby Orr was just at the end of his career. Was, you know, we're talking about Paul Coffey and guys like that during his time as a player. And Doug was always like you mentioned, was a seven-time All-Star because he was one of the great ones. When you look at those times, and that's when the game really started to change to where we see it today. That was the gestation period for more offensive players, defensemen who could move the puck. You still needed those guys who could play defense, but you needed defensemen who could be that second wave of offense, guys that could run your power play. And Doug was always in that conversation. When you talk about great players in, in the 80s, Doug was one of the best. What took so long for Doug to get the call? I was listening to Brian Burke the other day, former NHL general manager and now works as a broadcaster up here in Canada. And Brian Burke is on the selection committee. And he was talking about the fact of when the selections are made, everybody comes in and has one or two of their guys and they make their presentation. And when asked about Doug Wilson, why did it take so long that very question? He said, because Doug was up against so many great defensemen of his time. Larry Robinson, Paul Coffey, as I mentioned, he was always up against such great players. His name just got pushed down the line. Kevin Lowe, another guy who Doug played against with the Edmonton Oilers, was, um, he just got, got in too after 20 plus years. So Brian Burke said it has very little to do with the player itself. It has a lot to do with the class that he's up against. There's certain players that just have more going for them at that time uh, when the selection and when the votes are, are counted. So he said Doug Wilson absolutely deserves to be there probably should have been there earlier but just the classes that you're you're up against sometimes you get pushed back last one before we let you go you know it seems like consistency was such a key to Doug's success on the ice and that's carried over to his time with the San Jose Sharks as the GM I mean playoffs 15 to 17 years five Western Conference finals the cup final in 2016 what's been the key to Doug's success in the front office Drew? Last time Doug missed the playoffs as a general manager, uh, Todd McClellan was the head coach. Todd left. And then the next year, they went to the Stanley Cup final against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that missed the playoffs the year before. And what Doug did was he changed that team over in the summer. About 11 guys were different on the Stanley Cup team to the team that, that missed the playoffs. One thing that Doug does as a general manager, he's very bold. And he very rarely makes bad trades and very rarely loses trades. You can just point to Joe Thornton, 
Dan Boyle, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson. You can go on and on in Doug's trade list and go, um, wow, this guy wins a lot of his trades. That's number one. Number two, he lets coaches coach. He doesn't get involved in that day-to-day stuff. He doesn't get involved in the minutia. He stays on the big picture. Every once in a while, you want your GM to be in there and, and, and come in and talk to guys. But Doug is not intrusive in that way. He respects coaches and respects what they do. He picks the team and the coaches coach the team. He backs his coaches 100%. That's a very important for a general manager. And it's not that common in the NHL. And I think because Doug was a player, he understands the difficulty of the coaching job and he lets them do their job. The other thing is he's got an outstanding staff. He's got an outstanding staff that he trusts and relies on and talks to. Tim Burke is a big part of the success with the San Jose Sharks. And Doug had Tim Burke for a long time and inherited him from Dean Lombardi and trusts him, listens to him. He gets input from people. I think, though, most of all, I think with Doug, and he'll tell you that he has the backing of his ownership. And the reason he has the backing of his ownership is because of his track record. My owner trusts me because I've shown him I can win, but I've shown him I can win because of all the things I do to get the right players on the ice. He believes in people, okay? The one thing about Doug Wilson that doesn't get stated enough, he believes in people. And he's willing to be patient with some players. I once asked him when I was working for him, I said, do you like your players too much? Do you hang on to them too long? Do you trust them too much? And he went, I don't know if that's possible. He said, they're your players. Why wouldn't I trust them? I picked them. So why wouldn't I trust them? Why wouldn't I like them? He said, we've made some difficult decisions here where we let guys go. He said, but if there's such a thing as trusting somebody too much, he goes, I don't know what that is. That's not exactly a common trait either, is that loyalty to your players. And Doug shows that, and that inspires. Doug's a charismatic, inspiring guy. Yeah, and that came across yet again last week when uh, he finally got the call from the Hall of Fame. Drew, it is great to hear your voice. We miss you here in the Bay Area. Thanks for the time. Thanks for stopping by the update today. My pleasure. Anytime. Congratulations to the Sharks' first captain, the first ever All-Star current general manager, and now Hockey Hall of Famer, Doug Wilson. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the Update with Kate Scott podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Drew for stopping by. Thanks to TSN, NBC Sports Chicago, and the Sharks for the sound. And as always, thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days, everybody. Looking forward to talking some Cal football with Stuart Mandel on Friday.